Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rashida and Robert. I'm Rashida, and I'm joined here at the helm with my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, weather's good. We're not. We're not getting any uh, any rain like you are. I'm jealous because we need it so bad. <laughs> Did you see uh, that picture that I posted with the like big old dark cloud hanging? hanging in the sky. I was like, I need to get home. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, it, yeah, but isn't that just over your house? <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, I was thinking it was like Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was crazy. It was like I saw it coming in from the north and and it was just like really dark and loomy and thick and I'm like oh I'll take a picture of it and then I wrote out my post and posted it and by the time I got done posting it it was over my head and started like dumping rain I'm like oh I'm gonna like I'm gonna beat this home right so I'm not stuck in it and that didn't work I I was stuck in I was stuck in the deluge and we had here in the Pacific Northwest we had our first tornado warning in about 45 years. And uh wow. So yeah, it's weird. So we we were like what's going on with our weather? We never have tornadoes. So that's it. It's official. The weather is officially screwed. <laughs> it's ozone layers blown to crap. It's <laughs> global warming. We're screwed. Anyhow, <laughs> listeners that's it. um so a couple, yeah. a couple things happened this week. Yes. Uh Thursday uh, I picked my daughter up from rehearsal. You know, she's got big shows this weekend for school. Mm-hmm. Well, some kid that we've known for a number of years was in Scouts with my son. I know uh-huh. his mother. I know his father. This kid was arrested at 7.30 p.m. for terrorist threats. What? Over the Internet. Yeah, they, uh, is... It, well, his last tweet was, I am going to become really famous for what I'm going to do tomorrow. He was arrested within the hour because oh, that was, was just one of them. Oh, 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 oh. So he, he had previous tweets that were hinting at at doing what, like shooting up the school or, or, or what? Yeah, yeah, like, like hurting people. And they went wow. to his house and searched his house. They found... Uh, an arsenal of guns. They found what? a bunch of knives, and he he said, uh, "Oh no, I was just I was going to ask uh, some girl to the prom and wanted to do it in a special way." Well, that's all well and good, except this high school does not have a junior prom, oh. and he's a junior in high school, and mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of stupid for him to go to the senior prom. 
Yeah. So don't fill us full of bull. So they took this very seriously. My my wife yeah. walked up to the school on Friday, and they had like cops all over the place. She saw at least four motorcycle cops. And, this and is you at know there was a whole school? bunch of plain clothes inside. Yep. Yeah. This is at your daughter's school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like the, this whole like thing with kids that are. Um, even if they're joking around, you don't joke around with that crap, kids. Come on now. You know, just like you wouldn't get on get on a plane. Oh, speaking of jokes, that's kind of like that stupid jerk that, oh. that sneezed on the plane. You read that story? This guy sneezed on a plane and goes, yes, I, 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 saw whatever. I was yeah. like, what an idiot. What an idiot. And, you know, even if this kid was joking, what does he think is going to happen when the police come knocking on his door? I mean, that's just, that's absolutely nuts. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. And, and, what, and I doubt this kid will ever be able to show his face. They're talking about administrative action from school. Uh, you know, stay off social media. You know, and it was funny that, that like, the next day or something, you know, you know Jason Mayhem Miller, right? The famous Amber right. May fighter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see he was arrested in at his house in Laguna Beach, California? What? What? He had a oh warrant out. For, he had a war, he had a warrant out for his arrest, and I guess the cops are looking for him. He tweeted his address. He tweeted his address. At, well, what what was he arrested for? I mean, what? Why were they coming after him? Domestic violence. Oh, you know, which is funny because our long break commercial starts with Jason Mayhem Miller talking about bullying. Right. Isn't that, isn't that funny how, how that works? Funny. It's pretty funny because it's kind of like, but, let's see if I could find it. it. It starts just like this. Hey, MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller here. School bullying and cyberbullying statistics are increasingly viewed as a <laughs> Wow. I mean, really? Jason. Okay, <laughs> let's talk to Jason here and, for a second. <laughs> you know, I mean, why is he and, and then he, he was on, he had a four-hour standoff with cops. He tweets his address, and then he was surprised that he showed up. Oh, my gosh. You know, Jason Mayhem Miller. Yeah. Come on, Jason. <laughs> why Why does he got to be like an idiot like that? Oh, my, what's going you, you, on? He doesn't look like he takes roids or anything like that i mean it, it, you know i mean is he roiding out what's he doing that's crazy <laughs> oh i know it, it's absolutely nothing today i was at boston market right mm-hmm. and there was probably one of the most beautiful young girls i've ever seen in my life she was absolutely breathtaking well mm-hmm. i guess down here if you're breathtaking and you look good you're automatically an actress Oh, okay. okay. Well, she was talking about oh being in Poltergeist, which comes out next year, and then what, a she, new she, one? I guess oh, she was okay. some yeah a new one, and then she was talking about going to a screening or something, and and she was on her way to the bathroom, and and uh, at, and she got asked to have a picture taken with her. Okay. And then she thought about it, and she said, "Oh, no problem, but it's going to cost you ten bucks." Are you serious? These people are, yes, these people are the ones that are going to make her and they're charging to take a picture with their own camera. Just uh, that, like okay. David Carradine did at the old Dragon Fest. 
Oh, my gosh. And here, here we go with that. That's this. crazy. That's right. That's crazy. It's kind of like <laughs> if, she's not even, if she's not even really known yet, what, what, why is she do I don't understand. <laughs> Celebrities. Just celebrities. I I, I know you, you you can't you, you, these people are insane though. Yeah, it, it's like uh-huh. you know I've seen I I saw last sat last Sunday I think I told you I saw Wayne Knight from uh uh oh from Seinfeld and from that show X's. Uh, he mm-hmm. played Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was pumping gas right next to me. Uh, but you know my daughter saw. The, the the fluffy guy, uh, Gabriel Glazes had breakfast next to him a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and uh, these people are absolutely normal people. Yeah, they do, yeah. Some of them actually don't mind if you talk to them. Mm-hmm. I've had I, I I've been to Eddie Van Halen's house. The guy is one of the nicest guys in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you know it's I think just, it, I think it's the up and comers. It's the up and coming. Yeah, that are that are jerks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's and it and it and it's and it sucks and you know and the uh, you know they're in every organization. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in every major uh I think they're in uh I think these kind of like up and comers are in every major for lack of a better term organization whether it's entertainment, even in our even in martial arts, um uh name a Name an occupation, and there's always got to be some like up and coming executive that has an attitude, and no need for it, no need for it at all. Nope. All right. Okay, that well, was my rant and rave. That was your rant and rave. Well, listeners, our number here is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine, and that's in the United States. And if you're calling from outside the United States, if you're calling from anywhere else in the world, I suggest that you use Skype. And uh, if you're listening live on our Blog Talk Radio show marquee, not on the marquee that you see on Facebook, if you got here from the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page on Facebook, if you're actually on blogtalkradio.com and and you're seeing the marquee there, there's a little blue S, a little blue S on the top of the marquee. If you have Skype, click it. Because you can call us for free, no long distance, use Skype, and you can talk to us. So in about 20 minutes or so, 20, 25 minutes, we're going to have our special guest, Sifu Andrew Osborne, joining us uh, for an interview. And uh, he's going to be talking a little bit about uh, a stressful experience that he had, oh, about three years ago. He uh, he made it through a violent blade attack. Um, so we're going to be talking to him about that. However, <clears throat> what I'd like to do is bring Sifu Osborne on right now and have him join us as a special guest co-host during our first announcement segment. So um, help me welcome Sifu Andrew Osborne. Sifu Osborne, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. Not too bad, you know, Rusty. Right on. Now for our listeners out there, Sifu oh. Osborne is talking to us from the U.K., so it's like 2 a.m. over there That's in the morning. Right. Is that right? <laughs> oh, it's my 11, goodness. It's 11 minutes past 2, Rusty. Wow. Well, good morning, sir. Good, good morning. morning to you. Good morning to you. Right on. Well, uh, we'd love for you to join us for our first segment. We're just going to start off with announcing some birthdays. And then if you've 
know of anyone that's having birthdays this month, feel free to let us know. But, Bob, who do you have for birthdays? Well, this week we have very special birthdays, of course, to me and to you. Uh, mm-hmm. On the 14th, we have Seafood Dahlia Bod out of, uh, I think she's out of Chandler, Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. of the daughter of the late uh, uh, Alan Abad. Uh, mm-hmm. Grandmaster Bill Riyasaki, his birthday is on the 14th as well. Uh, right Patricia on. Lau is on 10-15. Ashley Page, uh, radio uh, DJ from the L.A. area, her birthday is on the 15th. Grandmaster uh, of Kung Fu Sansu, Harry Wong, his uh, birthday is on the 15th. Uh, ambassador to the Masters Hall of Fame, Master Jamie Cashin is on the 16th, and someone you know, mm-hmm. Grandmaster Anthony Kleeman, his birthday mm-hmm. is on the 18th this year. Yes, Grandmaster Anthony Kleeman and everyone. So for everyone having a birthday the week of October 12th through the 17th, um, oh, and, and uh, Andrew, do you, do you know anyone that's having a birthday this month? I've got some local people from Wolverhampton in the UK. Um, a good friend of mine, Samantha Jane Dyer. She's 37 today. Right on. Uh, yeah, she's 37. And we've got Lorraine Tattershaw, who I used to work with at my older workplace. It's her birthday today as well. She's from Wolverhampton also. Um, awesome. Also, some of my Facebook friends, um, Antonio DiFonzo, his birthday is today. Mohamed Agazol, his birthday today. Master Perez Curry's birthday today and Shaolin Do Tampa's birthday today. Oh yes, and my cousin Vinny Burke Diamond, his birthday today also. Wow, lots of birthdays today. Oh October very cool. 12. Very cool. So for everyone out there having a birthday this week, October twelfth through the seventeenth, this tune's for you. everyone as I'm jamming out over here in my chair. Woo right on. All right. Well let's move on to some announcements. Sifu Bob, do you have any announcements at all? Well I'm not uh, do you have our Facebook page open? I do. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I know know we have a we have an announcement from Doug Wong and from uh, Alan Woodman. Yes, yes, and uh, I'll go ahead and uh, just kind of put out a couple of these uh, cool announcements here that are coming up in the next few months, and then we'll get to uh, Sifu Andrew and see what announcements he might have. But we have an announcement here from Shihan Allen Woodman, and it's an upcoming tournament that's going to be happening on December 13th. It's called the Battle for Blood. And uh, uh, Shihan Woodman says that portions of the proceeds of this tournament go toward the Hemophilia Foundation. And um, let's see, what else is here? Special guests, special guests. Very cool. Well, 
Um, it looks like Frank Dukes is going to be there. Uh, Master Mark Shuey is going to be there. Master Eric Lee. Um, Eddie Capula, this is so small I can't read it. And uh, Sifu Doug Wong and all sorts of other martial arts celebrities. And the tournament venue is going to be in San Diego. So this is a San Diego tournament, folks. It's going to be at 500 Hotel Circle North, San Diego, California. Um, And uh, the phone number is uh, 619-269-7541. This is the Town and Country Convention Center in San Diego. And if you want more detailed information or to register for this tournament, just go to www dot battle for blood dot web starts dot com that's battle for blood dot web starts that's w e b as in boy s t r t s dot com battle for blood dot web starts dot com so yay and uh we've got the i i look at this as spam uh but i'm gonna go ahead and uh and uh, say it anyway, even though I think it's spam. <laughs> There's mm. this guy named Alex that says, Hi, everyone. How would you like to win a free NFL hat? To okay. do so, simply answer this simple question. Which NFL player do you covet most? Reminder, uh, remember to add your answers to this post to win, or you won't be selected. Good luck, everybody. So here's what I, here's what I put down as my answer to this post. No spam, Alex. <laughs> no spam. <laughs> All right. So um, I also want to send a shout out out there to. Oh, uh, let's see here. Oh, 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 oh. Um, this is about this is about the um, the this piece of software that you were talking to me about last week, Bob. Um, the about the uh, uh, software you can put on your phone that parents can put on their kids' phones um, if they ever want to retrieve deleted texts and stuff like that. Right. So uh-huh. parents, yeah, yeah, parents, write this down. Um, this is a uh, cheater cheaterspyshop.com. Cheaters spy shop. So that's c h e a t e r s s p y s h o p dot com and this is the same website um that is connected to that um television show here in the United States called cheaters right where they go around and and catch people being in um um uh, being in fidelity <laughs> I, I knew that's what you were gonna say <laughs> that are that are being Unfaithful infidelity. That's a different noun. Different noun. <laughs> God. Oh my gosh! I just the English language is not working for me today, and it's my only language. I have no excuse. So anyway. <laughs> I know. I was going to um, say it's not even your second language. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but you know what? With that said, though, and this is really funny. When we went okay. to Max's nice Filipino restaurant out here, we knew, mm-hmm. she knew it was going to happen. The, the waitress comes up and started talking to Gallo, and she's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I'm like, wait, board here. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Anyhow, all right. Let's see, Andrew. Do you have any um, events, cool events, going on down there on your side of the water? Um, not at the moment, unfortunately. We, we do have like a lot of hip uh, hop parties and stuff like that going on at the moment. You know, hip mm. hop movement in the UK. Uh, but Very as, cool. martial arts, as martial arts tournaments, not as yet. A lot of it's overseas from what I get coming over on my Facebook events uh, page. Mm-hmm. Across the water, basically. Um, right on. I do, I do get invites, but because of my financial circumstances since the incident, it's uh, it's not easy, you know. But but we, mm-hmm. me and my wife are getting by, you know. We are getting by. We are getting by. Oh, very good, very yeah. good. And we look we look forward to uh, hearing about about all that here in a little yeah. bit after after this first segment. No all problem. right. Very cool. Well, let's. I guess we're on to health news already. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to health uh-huh. news. All right. So everyone's heard of CrossFit. It's really big here in the United States. Um, has CrossFit ever uh, gotten big over there in the U.K., Andrew? Not as far as I know, to my knowledge. Okay. So it is just an American phenomenon. Well, CrossFit mm-hmm. is... Um, is this uh, newfangled, well, I shouldn't say newfangled, it's been around for a while, but it's this new craze, exercise craze here in the United States. And uh, I'd like to uh, read some snippets from an article that was written by fitness expert Jason Manenkoff, and uh, he's giving his unbiased opinion about CrossFit. Um, But for our our listeners out there that have heard of CrossFit but have no idea what it is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it is, according to Mr. Manenkoff, and go over the good points and the bad points of this. So, uh, while I uh, while I do this, Andrew, would it be okay if I muted your mic? Because I'm, I'm getting a little bit of feedback from your from your uh, connection right now. So, can I mute your mic uh, for just about two minutes? You go okay. right ahead. All right. There we go. Awesome. Okay. So, <clears throat> the good versus the bad for CrossFit now. Before we get into that, um, Mr. Manenkoff touts CrossFit in two categories. Number one, CrossFit as a sport. And number two, CrossFit as a training modality that that is used to achieve a variety of individual goals. Okay. Now, um, I know a lot of people that do CrossFit. And and, uh, Jason Manenkoff here says that people who participate in CrossFit aren't primarily using CrossFit as a training modality to achieve an aesthetic goal um, or improve their health. These athletes, quote-unquote, busted their asses in an effort to perfect various sets of skills just as any other sportsman would do in their given sport. These CrossFitters are the ones that aspire to make it to the CrossFit Games, and these are the types of people that are the sporting athletes of CrossFit. So those are the people that follow CrossFit as a as a sport, okay? Now, on the other side of the coin, you've got CrossFit as um, a training regimen or a, an exercise modality. And um, this is used in affiliated facilities, quote-unquote. Actually, it's, they're called affiliates in the CrossFit jargon. Um, and uh, CrossFit is also used in other commercial gyms um, around the world. Now, these individuals, who use CrossFit as a training modality include, but are not limited to, both men and women looking to decrease fat and improve their health, uh, pregnant women, seniors, 
military special forces candidates, along with weekend warriors, police, um, or anyone simply looking for a challenge or to break up the monotony with their usual gym routine or within their daily life. Now, most of these people that use CrossFit as a training modality have no desire to compete at all in any type of organized competition and more often than none enjoy CrossFit for the camaraderie that it brings along with the social aspect. Now, according to Jason Manenkoff, the pros of CrossFit. Number one, CrossFit is a system, and any system is better than no system. Number two, it definitely beats infomercial workouts that you receive by mail in a cardboard box such as P90X or the latest one, the Insanity Workout. Number three, CrossFit uses multi-joint movements, which research has shown to have a positive effect on bone density as we age, along with keeping the central nervous system sharp. Number four, it challenges a variety of bimotor qualities due to the different modalities it uses. CrossFit incorporates the use of one's own body weight through gymnastic movements, running, jumping, etc., barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, medicine balls, Olympic weightlifting, along with strongman training. Number five, due to its high metabolic demand, CrossFit increases EPOC, which is exercise post-oxygen consumption, thus enabling one to burn more calories at rest. Number six, it may also increase muscle mass and strength in the novice trainee. And number seven, the last of the pros of CrossFit, according to Jason Manenkoff, each and every workout has the potential to be quite different than the last one, which some find to be mentally challenging. Now, for many, fun and interesting, which may increase one's motivation, giving them the, the desire to stick with it. So, it all sounds very well and good, and it sounds like the best thing on the planet, right? I mean, I would think so if that's all I saw. However, there are disadvantages or cons of CrossFit. So, and this is talking from a fitness expert's point of view, Jason Manenkoff. Jason says, number one, CrossFit can present danger more often than not when unqualified coaches fail to ensure technical mastery of complex movement. With no background in training or coaching, in fact, without ever having picked up a weight previously, you can be certified as a CrossFit trainer by attending a two-day certification and passing a test. The test is a new addition, as previous years did not require this. Now, once you've been certified, you're free to open up your own affiliate with no quality control enforcement. Now, <laughs> this is why we often hear CrossFit coaches gripe about people quitting their facility after half a year of training and opening their own establishment up the street. It's because those coaches don't know anything or at least aren't certified to have learned anything that can't be learned in a weekend. Now, contrast this with someone that studies something like uh, MMA or BJJ school, especially down the block from their instructor. Now, why is that? Well, it's because those MMA or BJJ coaches display a skill set that doesn't scream, hey, look at me, it took me a weekend to learn all of this. <laughs> so, so you've got that aspect as a, as a con of CrossFit. Okay, number two. New, newly certified coaches throw less than ready sportsmen 
into a large group that necessarily reduces individual attention. Each workout becomes a contest, since when executing CrossFit's workout of the day, beating your previous time is top priority. Using multi-joint complex movements, high neuromuscular demand, without proper technique due to improper teaching progressions is a recipe for disaster. Number three, money, greed. And this greed is displayed by affiliates who own these facilities. Not all, just some, because at the end of the day, CrossFit is a business. And in an effort to create more revenue, many of these owners overbook their classes. And it's this overbooking that is at the expense of the new individuals entering the program who lack the technical mastery, seed, and remain uninjured. Okay? Um, so that's that's the third disadvantage of, of CrossFit. Number four, Jason sees another flaw in CrossFit, and that is in the idea that is promoted that CrossFit is the end-all, be-all of all training and could accomplish any goal, no matter what that goal may be. Now, the main site for um, for CrossFit, and I'm assuming it's something like CrossFit.com, the main site actually claims that it is better than bodybuilding-specific training for bodybuilding-oriented goals. Now, Jason says, surely CrossFit is great for decreasing body fat due to the huge metabolic disturbance that it creates. And it also may have the potential to elicit hypertrophy. How do you say that? Hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. I have no idea what that word is. I'm stupid. Anyway, so I'm guessing it means build muscle. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And it also improves absolute and explosive strength in a novice. However, when someone is past the novice stage, which is around two years of serious training, a more specific approach will be necessary to improve specific strength qualities. CrossFit seeks to develop 10 areas of fitness simultaneously, but no sport except CrossFit actually requires each area in equal proportion. Now, to borrow an analogy um, from Dave Tate, I have no idea who Dave Tate is, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. To borrow an analogy from Dave Tate, these areas of fitness, we kind of want to look at it like a graphic equalizer on a stereo, right? Um, If you put all the settings at midline, right, um, it it can accommodate all types of music but it all sounds less than optimal, right? So you need to set the equalizer settings to the type of music that you're listening to to get optimal results. So it's kind of the same thing. So, you know, according to Jason uh, Manenkoff, um, fitness expert, you know, just weigh the pros and the cons before you make your final decision to do CrossFit. Now, I have people that have done CrossFit, and they get all gung-ho about it, and they end up injuring themselves seriously, like tear a rotator cuff or, or you know, tear a hamstring or something like that because they're just trying to beat, you know, their WODs or workout of the day. They're trying to beat the time. So, you know, if you guys are going to get into any exercise program, everyone, do take the time to weigh the pros and the cons. See your doctor first to determine whether or not that type of exercise would be suitable for you. Take it easy and don't rush. There you go. All right. And that's it for my health news. 
Let's move on to news. All right, your mic's back on, Bob. (laughs) I thought it was something (laughs) I said. Uh, You know, it was funny because in the in the article you read, they mentioned about getting you know a workout delivered via cardboard box uh, like P90X, right? Right. Well, I've had. You know, I've had a lot of things delivered in a uh, cardboard box that had nothing to do with working out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 Plain paper bag. Plain paper box. That's right. (laughs) That's our Bob. (laughs) That's our Bob. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right, what do, we, what do we got for weird news there, buddy? Okay, have we reached peak zombie? It might have been based on on weird products that have been in the, that have been marketed to Halloween every year. What is it? What, what the whole article basically, and I'm not going to go into it for a really long time, but weird costumes, ultra okay. weird. Costume. The first one is a zombie hot dog. Zombie head, funky looking head, and then a hot dog body. <laughs> then there is there is the cheeseburger head mask. This thing is a cheeseburger you wear on your head, and it looks you know, just like a cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at this right now, and I'm I'm, I'm going to try to find the original the original um uh article for this and post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page because this is kind of this is kind of weird. It's it's like, you know, cheeseburger head mask and above it it says this costume might not quite cut the mustard. Oh, <laughs> corny. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh well, bad. Well, well, well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh, and, and about the cheeseburger mask. Ah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to read what was under it. <laughs> it says it, it is is perfect if you're geared toward That would be funny. Oh, my goodness. You know, you kind of cut out for course a vegan. Yeah, yeah. You cut out a couple times. So, yeah, this would be perfect if you're doing a haunted house toward vegans. And if people ask what you are, if it's not obvious, tell them, I am what I eat. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What's in the What's the next cool costume there, Bob? The next one's for the uh, asthmatic in all of us. The breathalyzer Uh costume. (laughs) Uh, Nothing says I have class like this breathalyzer costume. Oh my goodness! So you know, you know where the thing that you blow on is. (laughs) <laughs> Look at the picture, dude. No. It says it says it, it says blow here. Oh. And, <laughs> and it's got like this tube, just like a breathalyzer, and it's right in front of the dude's crotch. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it is. I was like, I just realized Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? And last one? but certainly not least, creepy bear that eats its own heart. 
Ew. <laughs> I know. How weird is that? It's it's a picture of this bear that actually has a heart coming out of its chest okay. with these big old teeth. And he's eating it. That is and, so strange. Yeah, give that to your three-year-old. That will, that'll freak him out. I'm, I mean, that's... Gross. Who would... No, that's an adult teddy bear. You don't give those to kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's crazy. Well, that was funny, actually. I'll try to find that 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 whole article, uh, listeners, and put it on the Facebook page because you have to see the pictures. They're hilarious. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's move on to entertainment news. Well, All you right. know, I wanted to do something different. What yes. I wanted to do was find weird jobs that celebrities have, not themselves, but, like, like for example, Mariah Carey has a person that she has as an employee that does nothing uh-huh. else but hold her drinks for her. That's what they do. Really? Water really? up and hold the drink. Yeah. Now, I could not find a listing for that, but... What I did was find a listing. Now I, I'm not reading the whole list because there was a lot of of what what did what jobs did celebrities hold before they became famous, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's just a lot. Now some of these you have to picture, and you're going, ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I've also got another funny story actually about the first one I'm going to read. Sylvester okay. Stallone, he was a lion cage cleaner. Oh, wow. So he had to go into the cage to, like, clean up lion poop and stuff. and Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Now, it says below that, we're not sure who had it worse. Christopher Walken, who tamed a lazy lion, or Stallone, who cleaned up after them. While, while waiting for his acting career to take off. The Rambo actor cleaned up lion cages at the Central Park Zoo. Wow. Okay. Never knew that. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, neither did I. And you know what And you know what was a trip when he was researching uh the roles for for uh Rocky? Because uh-huh. he wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went and applied for a job at my wife's pet store because his wife, in the movie, worked in a pet shop. Now, oh, he was going to work for free. It wasn't, he wasn't asking to get paid. He was going uh-huh. to work for free. And they flat out turned him down because actors are flaky. Can you imagine the wow. stories they could tell? We had, Ram, we had Rambo working here. Yeah, and, and yeah, the owner of that pet store... That's flaky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, we already know he's idiot. Yeah, <laughs> right. But... The next one is sort of strange. Right. Whoopi Goldberg Whoopi was a Goldberg. mortuary. Was it? Yes, was a mort mortuary beautician really? and oh. a phone sex operator. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was, it but, says, the 56-year-old comedian and actress took a job as a mortuary beautician after she became a licensed beautician. Her boss played a welcoming prank on her by pretending to be dead and sitting upright 
to wave at her. Oh That's my god! That's the worst thing that could have ever happened to you. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Right? Wow. Indeed, wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, mm-hmm. yep. played a party clown before he became famous. I think I a heard a story about that one. Wow. Yep. You yeah. mean like a party clown, like going to like kids' birthday parties and, you know, and right. clown get him. Oh, wow. Mm. That's interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, and he only got paid 50 bucks a show. Really? Wow. Wow, Brad that looked like a chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt was a chicken mascot for El Pollo Loco and a limo driver for strippers. Okay. Whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> El Pollo Loco, huh? Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, I, it, well, I, I'm curious because we don't have El Pollo Loco here. I'm assuming it's chicken. Right. Yeah. Good guess. Chicken. Yeah, chicken and well, like, <laughs> well, it's kind of like you know, like over like over here in in the Midwest, you know, there's Popeyes, you know, like you have one right down the road from you, and uh, but I've never heard right. of El Pollo Loco. I mean, is it like, yeah, I don't know, like Mexican it's like, themed it's like chicken? Frame. It is. It exactly what it is. You know, they have oh, the Mexican okay. rice and the guac, and they're they're it's fired. Uh, the chicken's uh, grilled basically so it's healthier than like going to Popeye's or KFC oh. or one of those places. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good actually than KFC. Awesome. Megan, now believe it or not, the last one, Megan Fox. Okay. Hot woman. One of my wife's, actually one of my wife's customers. Her and uh, Brian Austin Green. Mm-hmm. She was a banana mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that once. I dressed up like a carrot for, uh, I, and I and I had to hang out with a, an asparagus and a, a broccoli, and we were walking around downtown, uh, touting some new like vegetable medley thing out right in front of a store, and I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> banana mascot. That's awesome. <laughs> and you know there was one I, I I missed because I couldn't find it again. You remember the open mall I took you to when you were out here the first time? Uh in Glendale? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Well across the street is a Glendale Galleria. Uh right. and they have a food court like every, damn near every other mall in America. And there is a uh uh hot dog on a stick there. Mm-hmm. Which is which is basically where they sell corn dogs and fries, and they're known for their lemonade. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out that in that same one, Eve, uh, not Eva Longoria, uh, Eva Menendez used to work there. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I thought that was yeah. really interesting for a for, yeah, for a, that is first time job. Yeah. And that is it for weird news and entertainment news. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick three-minute break just to kind of stretch the legs a little bit. And um, and then when we come back, um, stay tuned, listeners, because when we come back, we're going to be talking with Andrew Osborne about his martial art background and um, about his uh, relatively recent um, experience 
and surviving a violent blade attack. So don't go away, everyone. We'll be right back after this. Hey, MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller here. School bullying and cyberbullying statistics are increasingly viewed as an important contributor to youth violence, including homicide and suicide. Let's kick bullying together. Go to we'rekickingit.com. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics for Rad. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Guru Rocky Twitchell of Citrus Heights, California. And you are listening to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live united. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, and we are back. Thanks for tuning back in to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show with Restita and Robert. So, we're just coming back. We just had Sifu Andrew Osborne with us joining us for our first segment. And now we want to actually talk to him and have him also talk to our listeners out there. So um, if you have any questions for Sifu Andrew Osborne, feel free to give us a call. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. We're going to learn a little bit about his martial arts background and then talk about um, – about his his tips um on dealing with the trauma of uh being being attacked and being in a violent attack. So with that said, I want to apologize in advance <clears throat> for the connection that we have. There seems to be a little bit of uh feedback in our connection right now um considering that we're talking to Sifu Osborne all the way in the UK. So, but it happens. So, <laughs> so we've got a little <laughs> Yeah, we've got a little bit of feedback, um, but I think it'll I think it'll be okay. So anyway, uh, we normally like to start off our interviews with our guests, telling our listeners a little bit about their martial art background. So if you can tell us about the martial arts that you've been studying over the years, uh, that would be that would be great. Right. Um, it was 1975 when I was nine years of age. And I was uh, watching a TV program, a kids' program called Tizwas, which was back on in the early to mid 70s, the late 70s. Uh-huh. And they showed a clip of Bruce Lee. Uh, uh-huh. 
I shot a clip from Enter the Dragon. I just fell in love. It was love at first punch or kick. You know, <laughs> and, and it was. I was just amazed at his fluidity and how he, oh man, he was just like magic. Never seen nothing mm-hmm. like it. And that was it. My father knew some, uh, well, a new guy called Joshy Johnson. And mm-hmm. we talked about it, but I couldn't get to meet with him. So my first discipline was judo. Um, and that was when I was at Heath Town Junior School um, mm-hmm. in the late 70s. And I studied with Mac Abbott's for a couple of years. And then um, I moved on to Heath Park. And my dad hooked me up with Joshie Johnson and did some Wadaroo karate with him for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to, I was just so obsessed with learning stuff more about Bruce Lee. So I thought, right, I spoke to one of my old school friends, old Derek Barton, God bless him. Um, and he was doing, well, he was learning Lao Ga Kung Fu under under Sifu Ken Holt in mm-hmm. the early part of the West Midlands. So I started to learn Lao Ga Kung Fu with him. And I still still had Bruce Lee on, the mind, on my mind, so I started getting the books of Bruce Lee when I became a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know? And started to practice some of the stuff from there. And then Dad was teaching us boxing as well, because I'm one of 11 children. Wow. I'm the third eldest in the family. Wow. Well, the number three. But I was also the quietest one. Um, <laughs> and it just it just carried from then, you know. just practiced Bruce Lee stuff, and then I was doing jiu-jitsu. And I've done a system called Me and Kwan Pai, which means in English terms the way of the flexible fist system. And I started mm, with okay. I was one of the youngest bouncers in Wolverhampton at nineteen and I hooked up with a guy called Mike Evans and his teacher was Steve Roberts who taught up in Warsaw, West Midlands part of the country. Mm-hmm. And with me and Kwan Pai Kung Fu, it's it's class quarter fighting. Very similar to Wing Chun. Oh, the, cool. Yeah, very similar, but the system itself works on fluidity and redissolving and redirection of energy, depending on where mm-hmm. it's coming upwards or across you or from behind you, you know, depending on where it's coming. And you just, you, actually, body movements are like that of a serpent, like the cobra, mm-hmm. the of the system. And cool. I just, I, I just collected more books, you know, and talked with fellow martial artists, picked their ideas over the many years, and with Tai Chi as well. I've, got into that with Bruce and friends and it just developed from then all my knowledge and wealth just all came all together mm-hmm. and then my father I witnessed my father's passing in 1999 um, he was there by his uh, bed and I started to lose my way off track of it so I decided to research Qigong mm-hmm. and I started to practice that from Tai Chi and meditate literally every single day of my life Sometimes I'd meditate to three to four hours a day. You mm-hmm. know, just chi pummeling in the body. And now I've actually cultivated the chi. It flows on itself unimpeded. No matter what life mm-hmm. flows, it still flows, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm on high all the time, you know, with the chi flow in the body. It's just an amazing experience to behold. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah, really. It's very powerful when you use it right as well in the right area. Mm-hmm. You know, the techniques. But, uh, yeah, it saved my life a couple of times. In 1988, when I was 22, my elder brother used to live in a place called Coventry. And uh, he got jumped by a group of lads. There was five of them in a sports leisure recreation centre. And uh, I was there, basically. My timing was right. I took on four of the lads 
dealt with them. I got a few injuries, but I made sure they were worse off than myself and my brother. And that went to Crown Court, and they got dealt with because it was all premeditated. And even mm-hmm. the police, for the martial arts schools, it's that what saved my own life and my brother's life on that day in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always say to people, you know, learn the basic principles of martial arts, not the fundamentals. You master the basic, everything comes to you second nature. Mhm. Mhm. Very cool. Now, um, did you um did you go through um um uh any uh a period of teaching? Did you uh did you teach any yes. students? Yes, I did. Very I did cool. I did it voluntary for two no, for nearly three years. You know, mm-hmm. and I gave martial arts displays at junior schools to help the kids who were moving on from junior school into secondary school, just to give them something, you know, to give mm-hmm. them and instead of losing the weight as they went through their senior school years. And I did it for mm-hmm. six years um, at one school called Old Fallings, which is in Wolverhampton. And mm-hmm. they, I was invited there every year for six years running. At first it was voluntary, and then they started, they started to pay me. Because, you know, I said, I'll do it for free. That's the, way, that's the kind of person I am. And also when I was teaching voluntary for two years um, for a club called Wolves Freestyle Martial Arts, who are well, who were a part of the World United Martial Arts Association, and I mm-hmm. was teaching, I was teaching my my methods um, in the curriculum of the school, and then I found out the teacher, the head teacher, was doing uh, some dodgy dealing. So I got wind of that, and I thought, right, well, I said, Sayonara, I'm gone. I'm not hanging around with people like that. I'm working with people like that. So I don't need that in my life. Mm. So, um, and, and, that's, and I've stuck with security work now for the best part. I did do it for 28 years, working the night clubs and working food and mm-hmm. working construction as I've been bodyguarding as well over the many years, involved with the security industry. But I spent the majority of my career doing retail security. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very and cool. I really enjoyed doing that kind of work until 2011 when everything changed dramatically. Literally up and Yeah. Man, yeah. So, like, you know, with that said, you know, now that, you know, we've we've got into a segue um, yeah. into that, you know, I just, um, you know, I want to remind our listeners out there, because most of our listeners um, all over the globe are, are martial artists, and some not, um, yeah, right. but, you know, you know, many martial artists, you know, get into martial arts to learn to defend themselves, um, you know, I mean, you know. Um, it's uh, you know, and 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 a lot of people do understand that that the self defense is kind of like an extra added feature because you know for some people they get into it for the stress relief and the self discipline and the historical culture, but you know, um, at the end of the day, martial arts is all about m- the martial side, right? Um, right. However, many times, right. all the dojo time and all the progressive resistance defense training in the world can't really prepare you for that one time a violent attack happens. Yeah, you'll know, you know, how to deal with this or that in the dojo atmosphere and stuff, but will it really prepare you in a in a violent attack um, yeah. phase? It may or it may not. Um, but one thing that, even though it does teach you how to remain calm under duress, um, mm-hmm. what it what I feel is, is, well, not necessarily lacking, but what I've what I feel um, isn't touched on enough in martial arts is dealing with the aftermath That's of right. dealing with a, a, a physical attack, no matter how you know little or how violent, because your brain doesn't know any different, right? right? 
And it sure. doesn't teach you the mental and the the, the physical and the ongoing um, right. ways of coping. So, you know, as as we are segueing into, you had experienced a violent attack yes, in yes. 2011. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's okay with you and if yeah, you're feeling fine. up to it, can I, I, you... Oh, good. Um, can you tell our listeners about your experience? Right, okay. Um, well, I was meant to have been off that day on the Wednesday because um, I asked my area manager, bless him, really good, you know, my area my old area manager, I trained up in security from the beginning for him, for his security career, and he progressed mm-hmm. into the role of the, the job. And mm-hmm. he called me on the Tuesday night about half past seven on the 15th, March, he said, Andrew, your relief officer is probably sick, so can you come and work? Because it was a 12 hour shift. Mm-hmm. I said, no, it's half past eight in the morning to half past eight at night. I said, yeah, no problem, I will I'll cover that shift. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I had my radio taken off me in 2009 by, by the store manager, not mentioning no names. Um, mm. And he, he took it off me, and I, at the time, I repeatedly asked him I would love to have my radio back, because I was issued with this radio from when, Morris, when Morrison's company took over the old Safeway store where I used to work. Mm-hmm. And that radio was mine, and it was for security, not members mm-hmm. of my But he took it in his own, his own plight to take my radio off me, you know. And mm-hmm. I repeatedly asked to him, could I have my radio back? And he said... We'll call you if, you if we need you. This was his attitude towards me. And I was felt this Wow. Sick. I said, listen, you know, I'm here to save you thousands of pounds. How can I contact you, be in contact with you if something major happens? Or can, how can you contact me if there's something happening with yourselves? And I can't respond because I don't know how I'm communicating with you. And he just said, well, we'll call you if we need you. And he just took it up on his high horse and that was it. And now, then, why would anybody? Why would anybody take a security person's radio? That's almost yeah. like since right. they're unarmed, right? You know, a lot of re- uh, retail security and uh, loss prevention agents, as we call it here in the United States, we're mm-hmm. unarmed unless we were hired on as like private staff security. We're unarmed. The only thing we have is a radio. Why would he take the radio? Did he give you any mm-hmm. reason whatsoever? His poor excuse was to say to let his lower level managers because how the radio system works, you have the radio for the store manager, the radio mm-hmm. for myself, the radio for the administration manager because they have to have one so they can communicate because they've got the main core center of, of the actual store. And then mm-hmm. you've got the managers and they, they had their radios. But he mm-hmm. wants to have a radio to the grocery manager who's not obliged to have a radio or the fresh department manager, he's not obliged to have a radio, but he had mm-hmm. my radio either one of them too. You know, and I, I felt like my right arm had been cut off. I felt powerless. I couldn't, you know, get in touch with anyone. Wow. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, but, you know, we're in the process of dealing with that anyway, so, you know, they've got it coming to them both hours, whether they like it or not, you know, human rights, I'm going to hit them with anyway. But, uh, yeah, come that fateful day, my gosh... Um, I started at 8.30 in the morning, did my rec- regular patrols around the car park with my high vis on, and mm-hmm. into the store, did all the security checks all around the store, did the warehouse checks and the warehouse yard checks and came back in to my regular spot, which was by the beers, wines and spirits aisle, where a lot of the thieving activities go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
I've got a clear view of the front of the store. You've got the tills running down from the right hand of my side to the bottom end of the store, and you've got the customer services department at the back of the tills. And you've got the main entrance to the far right hand side to the back of the store, again on the same area. And mm-hmm. I see one of the ads from the car park, and he calls me over, he signals to come over. And uh, I said, I said, what's wrong? He said he's got a beggar on the car park. He said, okay, then I'll do with him, but I will have a web customer services department first before I do leave the store. So they'll know where mm-hmm. I am. So I approached him and I told him I've got to deal with the beggars harassing customers for money. And I said, may I remind you, I have not got my radio, so if anything happens, you know, it's going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. So I and this, this beggar was up. As you come out the store, you turn left and you've got like a row of shops to your left. And to the very far end, I'd say how many feet? We're talking about a good 100 plus feet away from the main entrance of the store. There was this beggar there bothering customers. So I approached him politely and courteously in the way that I am as a professional. And he left the store. So he left, uh-huh. he left the shop area of Martin. So as I turned around, I saw this all I could see was just a maniac, about over six feet tall, very quite big in his build, running in my direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, you know, thinking, hang on, what has he got on him? And as he got closer, and to my horror, I could see the hockey stick with a blade had been modified to it. He had a, a hockey build. stick yes, with a, a blade on the end. Holy it was crap! On, it was on the side. And then he, oh. had a yeah, he had a builder's utility belt with five big kitchen knives in there. And he had, a sh- he had a shield. And, you know, so when he, when he came up to me, he squared up to me. He didn't do anything physical yet. He came up to me and he says, Andrew Osborne. I said, why was it to you? He said, I've come here to kill you. Oh, shit. I, I thought, oh, my gosh. I thought, what's, the, what's the reason? What have I done to you? And he said, that's irrelevant. And then I said, and then he said, he's also come to kill all my brothers and sisters. And Oh, man. I thought, whoa, we've got a psycho here, you know? Right. So I, saw, so I saw a car to my left, which was empty, so I backed it by the car, and he started to swing the hockey stick after me. So I shielded myself between him and the car. And in one of the mm-hmm. shops next to the main store, there was like a, it's like a boutique shop uh, where they sell mm-hmm. hair salad and stuff and, you know, for the ladies' hair extensions and whatever. And I recognized mm-hmm. one of them there who's like um, a plane. She was like one of these uh, public surface... Non-police officers, if you get what I mean. She's like one of those who don't get paid for the police, but she does the voluntary work. Oh, uh-huh. So I, I signaled to her to call the police, and then my attacker could see what I was doing, and he went for it. He went. He absolutely went crazy. Started shouting at me and, and waving the hockey-bladed stick. And then I saw I raised the alarm now, so I've got no radio, so I'm shouting at the top of my voice, help somebody call the police, and I kept saying it repeatedly to get people's mm-hmm. attention. So I was right. Like, what I was doing and now I'm thinking to myself where can I go with this I can't go anywhere I'm stuck so mm-hmm. now he's chasing me around the car I cut him off he goes the other way he cuts me off and now he's chasing me around the car and uh-huh. um, I kind of lose a footing so now I'm running now and he's kind of like cattle herding me oh no behavior, right and he heard uh-huh. me he kind of herds me into the store so now I'm sprinting for the store now and I'm telling everybody to get out the way at the top of my voice. says, move out the way, call the police. And I'm saying this repeatedly every time I'm And now I'm pulling away from him. So mm-hmm. I see this manager. He's by the pharmacy department. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to members of staff. So I'm, now I'm sprinting now. 
And I even said mm-hmm. to him to get out of the way and call the police repeatedly. So I see a door to my left, and she's got a window. So I'm running mm-hmm. around for the door, and I'm holding, and I'm bracing myself with behind the door, and I'm ready for him. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to use this door as a self-defense implement. Mm-hmm. So later, I see someone else run past, and then I see my attacker stumble past. Mm-hmm. I look to see what's going on. And then I see my friend, who I recognise, Rodney Bruce, God bless him. I see him take his right hand, because there's a big mint cleaver in his right hand. Mm-hmm. And he's still holding the hockey stick in his, in, his, in his left hand. And the manager takes him on that side on the floor. I told the manager, no. So now they've gone to the floor, and I'm out. Quick. Very, mm-hmm. very quick now. And my friend Rodney's got the right arm pinned down with the big mint cleaver in. And the manager's mm-hmm. obviously the left hand pinned down with the hockey stick and I mean like a shot I see the target his throat I'm taking him I'm taking him so I mean I just launched myself at him I did a flying right elbow right into the reserve the esophagus part of the throat hit him by mm-hmm. his that's hit him and he, that took him out completely and the manager mm-hmm. now is injured he's got an injury to the right inside of his leg on the inside but near mm-hmm. the femoral region so there's quite a bit of blood wow. coming out so he's rushed into the pharmacy now, and we've got him pinned. Another member of staff comes, my member, and we've pinned my attacker now. And I've gone mm-hmm. for the kill. I've actually gone for the kill, but I refrained myself from taking his life. Mm-hmm. My friend is looking at me and he's telling me now, so I've got to, I've had to use that power to stop myself from killing him. Mm-hmm. But now he's pinned, and he's, all the weapons have gone. He's got no weapons on him at all. Rodney had a little bit of a laceration across the right of his palm, but no deep wounds, it's just skin uh, mm-hmm. so he was okay, but we kept him pinned until when the police came about 10-15 minutes later and it was the longest 10-15 minutes of my entire existence mm-hmm. you, know, you know when they say life flashes in front of you boy did it flash in front of me repeatedly mm-hmm. constantly. constantly, but I, met, I, I kept my composure you know, until when the police came, and I even reassured the police, I said to them, make sure you deal with him good and proper, because if you don't, I'm going to keep him pinned to the floor until when you know that you've got him properly. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, there comes about five, five police officers, and they were actually, actually shocked. They thought someone had been, would have been killed with all the weaponry they heard over the radio from the calls that were coming into the police station, and they were shocked. I said, no one got hurt. I said, the manager's got wounded. He's got an injury. So they went to see him as well. A couple of the officers went to see him. And then I escorted my attacker. And I said to the police officers, I, I want to escort you because this guy is a nut job. I, mm-hmm. want, to I want to escort you. Yeah. This car. And I made sure that they got him into the struggle with him. I said, do you want any help, guys, because you're struggling? He said, no, Andrew, we're, we're all right, fine. But I want to make sure he's in that car. So he's in the car mm-hmm. now. And they've taken him away. And obviously, a police officer comes back, I give a full police statement, and that's done in my role and what I did. And then about mm-hmm. an hour later, you've got the CID turn up. They turn up, and I recognise one of them, it's Andrew Barnes, who I've known for a good 25 plus years. And he had the biggest smile on his face, you know, was, was the, I'm telling you, he made me cry. When he seen, me, he seen him smile, he made me cry. Mm. So now, I've gone upstairs in the manager's office, and we've got the deputy store manager in there. Now, by mm-hmm. right, he's being in there, the deputy store manager, because this, is, this interview has got nothing to do with him. This is an interview with me and the CID, but he stayed in there nonetheless, B 
been no years. So now the CID have got the photographs of all the weaponry, and it hits home with me when I see the pictures of the weapons. Mm-hmm. All, all six blades, you know, the one with the hockey stick on the blade and the five weapon knives that he had in the shield. And he said, Andrew, you know this guy? I said, yeah, what's his name, first of all? I want to know his name. His name is David Millington. I said, I know him. He is a racist. Wow. Yes, he's a racist. Because we moved on Dove Coast 1980, and as a young child, he never took them. He used to cause, you know, I can't say the offensive um, black names for people, you know, but you can just figure it out for yourself what he used to say. Um, and, you know, me being nine years older than him, and I used to say to my younger brother and sister, just ignore him. Because my father's from Jamaica, you see, so we had a lot of racial abuse from the late mm. 60s, 70s, and the early 80s, up until into the 90s, you know, and it still carried on, but not as much. But anyway, mm-hmm. David Minnington. Yes, I knew this was a racist attack because of the way how he was. Um, and I said, yeah, he'd been, he had a 30-year racial vendetta against me and my family. He had been... What? Sick. Yes, 30 years. Whoa. stalking me at work for God knows how many years. And he'd been stalking my brothers and sisters around the local estates where we lived, because where we lived, in, we lived in a thing, what we call a call, the sack over here in the UK, and mm-hmm. where David Minuton lived, he lived on the main Ryefield Road, now he's back, the back part of his house, back to our cul-de-sac, so the CID said he was watching us all the time, and observing us, making notes about us, and who he'd seen, oh my god, yeah, he was deep and dark, this, you know, this, people don't realise how dangerous this really was he could have taken any one of my sisters and brothers out at any given time mm-hmm. but of course I was the most popular one he was fixated on getting me because he didn't know where they were at the time but he knew where I was that's why he was stalking me on every day of the week and then I found out he was part of the British National Party or part of a racist organisation he was an activist wow. here but yeah he'd been stalking me He'd been, he had his, they even found a book in his bedroom, right? With all my uh-huh. brothers and sisters' names down, every one of us, with mine as well. And he put in the book of when he seen me at work, at what time I started my shift and what time I finished my shift, and at what mm-hmm. time I had breaks and what time I finished my breaks. Mm-hmm. Patrols, and when I finished my patrols, and all this had been intricately listed down in this book that he had. Hmm. So this guy wow. So... The CID said, it's, in a way, it was a good thing that he'd gone for me first because they wouldn't have survived the onslaught because he was crazy. So mm-hmm. Because you're thinking for your martial arts experience, this is why you survived. Yeah. You know, they said normally if people would... I mean, I did freeze at one point, don't get me wrong, that's a natural human reaction under this kind of terrifying experience. You know, it's quite unheard mm-hmm. of from what I was told. Um... But even now, I still have flashbacks about it, but they're not as severe, but I still have them. And mm-hmm. they change, and again, the, the flashbacks are, you know. But yeah, whoa. Oh my gosh. Wow. And this manager, getting back to this manager who was in the office. Yeah, let's talk about what? the manager that took your radio away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's. Let's talk about him. What? Well, I was going to talk about the other manager as well because he did a very bad thing across me. He's the deputy manager. He did mm-hmm. a very nasty and manipulated and, oh, he was just as bad as the attack. 
he uploaded an image onto Facebook two weeks after the incident of the hockey mask killer, Jason Voorhees. And I've got the evidence at home. And, you know, so... He posted a picture of Jason Voorhees, and what what was he... What was his point? Right. What was his whole... The heading heading of this was, basically, it was in block capitals. It said, excuse me, sir, can you tell me where the hockey stick and the cutlery are, please? Oh, my God. That is... So low. And then you've got a number of staff who works there, and he replied, Oh my gosh, it's really him. And then the deputy manager replies again, Hot highlighted in capitals. Oh so, my this information quickly got my research. I've got good people, I've got good connections there, look after me very well. Gave me the, the link to get up, and I copied it, and I printed it off in multiples. So I gave one copy to the Morrison's. Head of security. Mm-hmm. Didn't give one to the store manager. Okay, because well, you know I'm subconscious out. To, I was subconscious out to work for uh, Morrison, not to be their employee. So I worked for G4. So Morrison's really, I were not above me in that store. Because mm-hmm. I, I was a senior officer for the company. I was there just to protect the store, protect the people as best as I could. So um, that's why I went over his head. And he didn't like it, but he knew I had the power to do this. Because I had the direct phone numbers to the Morrison Security Division. And mm-hmm. he didn't know I had all this information. That's why I did that. And I gave them a copy. Now, when we had the meeting with the uh, Security man- with Management Division, obviously finished the meeting, and I come back on the shop floor, and the manager called me. He said, why didn't you come to me with that? I said, listen, that's my role to do that. If anything in relation to the store, with management's behavior... I will go over the heads and go straight to them. And you've got no say in the matter. Period. Whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that. He didn't like that. I said, but you know, I've got a job to do. I was a professional. You know, at the end of the day. And then, yeah, getting back to the store manager with the radio. Boy, he doesn't realise what he's done to me. He jeopardised my life. Yes. My he jeopardised it. In a massive way. I'm going to hit them with the human rights because they won't have a leg to stand on when I finish with them. Mm-hmm. Around. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's, See what I mean? Uh, no, you've got the feeling of it there. Wow. Wow. The, when you, you know it, what? Oh, I was going to say, it. I was going to say that, you know, does this does this manager that took your your radio away, does he even... Understand the the implications. Yeah, does he even understand that if you had a radio, had you had a radio, you could have gotten help outside before yeah, exactly. running around the car would have happened, and they exactly. and then everybody would have been a okay. But but I could have called admin you know, on the radio and alerted them, and the management would have heard, and they would have come out to this. Yeah. This is the yeah, right. It would have. It would have never happened, and and because of his action of taking your radio away to give it to a grocery manager, go figure. I have no idea what that was all about, you know. Because he gave it away, mm. he could have endangered anyone in that store. That's right. He put everybody else at risk because of his idiotic action. I would call it being a, being a polite person. I am. 
I could have used a more harsher word, but you know, it's the way I. I'll use a harsh word. I'll, I'll use the harsh word. He was being a dick. <laughs> it's you like I. Ah, oh, I'm just like tearing my hair out over here, going, "Why do why ah oh, store manager? Come on, you know, manage your store." You know, yeah. if you're there as store security, if you're there as loss prevent as a loss prevention agent, mm. he knows you need to have a radio. Yeah. Period. Check this, out. Check this yeah. out. Check this out. After the incident, I guess what happened next? I had my radio back. Oh. That's a bit too late right. for that. Bit too late for that, that's right. So I think he was just trying to cover his, his butt on that. Well, he has a radio. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. He doesn't realize what he's doing. I'm not being big at it, but he doesn't realize who he's dealing with here. Right. He doesn't realize who he's dealing with. Exactly. He figures I got intelligence. He figures I got intelligence. You know, Mm -hmm. my father was an educated man when he came over here in the 50s. He came over on the boats. And I learned more from my father than I did school education. This is where I got my prime education from from my father. God rest his soul. You know, people like that think they think, oh, you're security. They look down on you. Not this boy you don't, because you don't know me too well. Whether you like it or not. Man. Oh, no. Man, oh, man. You know, and so, I'm curious, curious what, whatever happened to, um, oh, what was his name? It was like, uh, Millington, Willington, Millington? That- David Millington, right. David Millington. Oh, David. David oh, I just Millington. found it. Yeah, David I just found Millington. it. There, David Millington. Whatever happened to him? Right. Now, because um, he, 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 the... he was sectioned as a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. Oh, criminy. Yeah, they're the most dangerous maniacs you could ever come across in your life. And they really are. Because he, oh. he neglected his medication. He didn't take it. So he's purposely doing that just to get at me and my family. Because he knows my family, because I've taught all my brothers how to fight and look after themselves. Even my sister Annette, I taught, taught to self-defense at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so my, my family can look after themselves. You know, they're quite well known for it now. Especially Eugene. He's a mm-hmm. Eugene is another version of me, but he's taking it on another level. But when it comes to the cheating, Eugene doesn't understand it. You know, he says, mm-hmm. "If you wait too old, I'll teach you about that even more." But yes, um, this is what David Millington didn't like. And my family, you know, very popular around Wolverhampton, around the Pendiford Duffcoats area, you know. I think he was envious of that as well, and plus with the racism thing of it as well on top. You know, but, uh, yeah, he's in a mental institution, indefinite for his release. But he, anyhow he appeals, he, he comes out, I'm going to appeal against it because I've got the given right to keep him locked up, because he's mm-hmm. a threat to humanity. Period. Right, right. Because we don't want people like that on the streets, you know. Because I've been looking him all just being a different colour, that's all. This is what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Not right. So I've done my homework. Wow. I just came yeah. upon... Go on. Um, the, I just came upon the, the actual news article um, in the Daily Mail. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm not happy with yeah. what they put. That, yeah, it's, uh, oh gosh, it's like, it's it, this is the moment the crazed warrior enters supermarket armed with five kitchen knives 
improvised axe and makeshift shield. And it's got, like, pictures of this crazy hockey stick with a, a blade uh mm-hmm. secured to the end and i actually um i included the picture of this of this cra- of these crazy weapons and, and and the shield um on my post um, on the show on facebook because mm-hmm. i wanted i wanted our listeners to to see what i had to deal with what what you had to deal with and what any one of us can deal with i mean exactly. it's like you know i mean okay so me and sifu robert we both do filipino <laughs> martial arts we deal yep. with blades every day. But, do, yeah. Second nature. But second nature, but yes. you know, there's always that that little voice, at least with me, of mm. would I be able to handle like some crazy bat wielding guy or would I be able to handle someone with no. two knives or whatever? You know, there's no. always that voice. And yeah, and it and, and it's like no matter what you train in, exactly. no matter what you train in, it will not it will not prepare you for the adrenaline dump unless you've been in a program that specifically trains mm-hmm. the adrenaline factor and dealing yes. with the oh my gosh, you know, and the momentarily freezing and your feet feeling like they weigh a ton and right. everything feeling like it's in slow motion but you're moving slower. You know, it's not, nothing prepares you for that. And no, uh, no, I was not a thing. No, no thing it's like no. And this the, the picture I want the listeners to see this because you know I know I know Robert's been attacked. I'd been attacked when I was in the Guardian Angels. I was attacked with a yeah. two by four with nails in it, and it was the mm-hmm. same feeling. You know, it's That's moving right. kind of okay. slow. And That's everything's right. going on, and your your life goes uh, across your you know across your field of vision, and you're moving slow too, yeah. and you're thinking, "Holy crap!" Part of you says, "I'm going to die today," and part of you says, "No, I'm yeah. not," and you have to deal with that. It's cool, but at the time, the, the flight and the fight syndrome kicks in. Depends which yeah, one comes exactly. first. And with right. me, it was the flight. The flight one kicked in. I thought, right, well, I've got to find a way to fight this. And I fought it at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if, if, no you know, one. Listeners, yeah. I want the listeners to, to check out my um, ITV news in, interview on YouTube. If you could uh, uh, do that one for us, that'd be great of you, Rusty. If they could have a look at yeah, that. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me. Uh, let me find it real quick. I got to go back to your. You're saying here, where'd it go? Andrew's Facebook profile is over here. And uh, while I'm looking for that, um, uh, Sifu Bob, do you have any questions for Sifu Andrew? Well, yeah, Andrew, how did you ask? There, there's, there's, you know, there's the, the initial attack, then there is the aftermath. That's right. The aftermath how did you, is how did you deal with that? Right. The aftermath, I have to say, from my experience, is the worst part of it. Because you've got all your emotions building up. You feel like your head is going to pop any second. Mm-hmm. Now, because I've actually cultivated and activated my chi, that kicked into overdrive for me. And, and I felt the power of it really hitting me hard in my body. And... I just felt all this, because when I was diagnosed with PTSD, that was 27th of July, 2011, I just mm-hmm. when I heard all this stuff about what they'd done behind my back and how they manipulated me behind my back, it made my right. worse on top of what the initial attack was. 
And it's when I heard about the 30-year vendetta, he'd been doing everything, everything. It's like I had mountains from every region on the top of my shoulders, from every region on this planet. And that's what it felt like. I felt like I couldn't walk, you know. But, um, and I refused point blank to go on medication. I said, I don't need that stuff in my body. Because Mm -hmm. I've got to go through this to feel the feeling of it for my body to understand it and to strengthen itself. You know? And that's the mm-hmm. only way you can going through the therapy as well. But sometimes with the therapy, they can unlock things from the past which you don't want surfacing. Mm-hmm. Because the therapy, therapists tell you to unlock them and they can make matters even worse for you. Which they can. Right. Oh, I had things from the past which I kept locked away. And unfortunately, I had to unearth them and I didn't like doing that at all. That made me have a relapse when I did that. I've had a few relapses, um, you know, in the last three years. But, you know, by doing what you've given me this opportunity to share my story with the entire planet... Oh, it's my it, pleasure. It's, it's, it's our pleasure. It Absolutely, because we... Yeah, it needs to be put out there, Andrew, yeah. Beware because you never know what one day is from one to the next. Every millisecond of the day is different. It changes instantly without you even knowing sometimes. You do not know what's waiting around that corner. No matter where country you come from in the world, you never know. Look at those um, two English people in uh, what country was it? Was it mm. Thailand, was it? I think mm. it was Thailand. And these two British... Uh, People were murdered by some of the locals, and they were just on holiday, you know, and they got murdered. And the, the two gentlemen in question got, obviously, they owned up to it, and they had supporting evidence. The local police did that they murdered two British people, and how were they to know? See what I mean? That's another one again. They didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So always, always say to people, just be aware, be switched on, don't be tunnel vision to life, because if you turn your vision to that, you're going to miss it. Wow. That's what the said about me. They said, you are switched on. I said, you have to be. How do you think you're going to survive? Yeah. You, know? you won't survive. The, to me, the aftermath can do, do more damage to you than the initial attack. Mm-hmm. Because, mm. It festers and it festers. And you know, when you think you're getting good, I've, I've, I've lost some very close friends to me, and I've lost a couple of my relatives, and that's not me a bit, to be honest, and it has. But I'm still here, Rusty. I'm still soldiering on. Mm-hmm. To, to share my story and part of my life with everybody, and I'm so glad that I've been given this opportunity to do this. You know, I just want to make people aware, and that's what my ambition is—not to make money, not to become rich out of this. I want to make people aware. Yeah, that is my drive. That's giving me the strength to do this, to get through this. Mhm. You know. Yeah, and and and, and you know, oh. I have to kind of. I have to kind of piss on the Daily Mail article because I just read it and I'm not happy with it either, Andrew. I'm, not, I'm disgusted with it. With some of the I'm comments. disgusted with it too because, you know, I'm going to go ahead and read some of it to the listeners because this yeah, is yeah. not, I, I don't, I, I, anyway, I'll read it. Okay, so this is, yeah, here's here's the article in the Daily Mail um, and it was released on January 11th, 2012. Okay, and it's got pictures. So it says, the astonishing moment a crazed attacker stormed into a supermarket armed with an arsenal of knives, including a hockey stick with a blade on the end. 
David Millington, 37 years of age, then launched an attack on a security guard at Morrison's in Wolverhampton over a grudge he had held since he was seven years old. He went to the supermarket wearing a tool belt that contained kitchen knives and a makeshift shield. Millington chased Andrew Osborne, who he knew from his childhood, through the store before being tackled to the ground by manager Michael Walsh. I'll say his name out loud. I'll call him out. After chasing Mr. Osborne toward the pharmacy, the attacker collided with a female customer near a till before he was stopped in his tracks by Mr. Walsh. The brave store manager suffered a 10-inch gash to his thigh and a cut to his right hand, and along with a member of the public, Rodney Bruce, who assisted in detaining Millington, was awarded 250 pounds from public funds for his bravery at the original court hearing in November. Um, now, after looking at the CCTV images of the drama, jurors took just 10 minutes to find that Millington was responsible for injuring Mr. Walsh, and the attacker was convicted of affray and possession of offensive weapons. In November of 2012, Judge Dudley ruled that Millington was unfit to stand trial following reports from two psychiatrists before uh following reports from two psychiatrists and on Monday the court heard how a psychiatrist had concluded that the attacker was showing signs of schizophrenia. Hmm. Sentencing Millington to a hospital order under the Mental Health Act on Monday, Judge Dudley said, "I'm satisfied on the evidence before me." that you are suffering from a mental illness. You should be treated in a hospital setting. Now, this is what disgusts me, listeners. That the article describes the manager as the brave store manager. Exactly. Because he, like he wrote it. Yeah, because he sustained a wound, right? Now, in the comments, I'm reading the comments, okay? Um... Somebody said, this guy named Roy from Worcester, England, the manager protected the security guard. I think the guard needs a new job. What the hell? Really? No. No, You guys, I'm going to talk out to Roy right now. I know he's not listening, but, you know, Roy, two years ago, he probably doesn't even remember that he wrote this, right? Roy from Worcester, England. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Sorry, it's Worcester. It's Worcester. It's Worcester. 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 Okay, Worcester. Um, like Worcestershire sauce, but Worcester. Okay. Um, mm. You don't know what's going on, Roy. I mean, he had to deal with this crazy, effed up jerkoid outside before Millington came in the store. Right. Mean? And here's you know it's you know it's like the worst horror movie ever. You're being chased by some guy with like a three foot you know, knife, you know, a, a three-foot hammer with a knife on the end. That's that's what it looks like. Um, chasing him throughout the store, right? And, yeah, sure, the, the, the manager manages to knock him down. I'm going to call it a lucky shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he gets cut, right? I mean, it's kind of like, hello? I mean, where was he? He could have avoided all of that if, if, to me. if, if he had listened to you and let you keep your radio I mean period, 
period. So all these people that were the, that were oh, I'm so pissed, Andrew. All these people that were commenting on this, going oh, the manager protected the security guard, blah blah blah. You know, I think it was only him. Oh yeah. no no, here's another one. Here's another one. Laura from Berkshire. Headline should read: Manager and member of public saves fleeing wimp security guard. Hmm. And oh, it's kind of like, oh my god. And, oh no, a guy to... named no no no. I take that back. I take that back. A guy named Pete said that. Right. And Laura, Laura from Berkshire replied replied to him. She said, "I'd like to see you face a man running at you with five knives." So okay, so kudos to Laura. And the thumbs down to Pete. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, my gosh. And people are, like, you know, joking about shopping at Morrison's and um, and stuff like that. And uh, now somebody somebody did say something that wasn't, like, insulting. Some guy named Gordon from the Midlands, he says mm-hmm. that, um, that they should issue and train all security guards in the use of the quarter staff. I agree. Yep. I agree, you know, just have a nice little, you know, short staff by your side. You're going to actually hang it off of a hanger off of your belt. It's not going to touch the floor. Pull it out when you need it. Bam. You you could have stopped the guy. And I know you would have because you already know how to use one. Exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, definitely it all goes back to the store manager for not allowing you to keep your radio and giving it to someone that really did not need it. Right. You know, that store manager wasn't out there, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was you. You were first contact to this criminal. Exactly. And you were the person trying to keep him from going, you know, well, from killing you yeah, and exactly. from going into the store. So it happens yeah. that you got cornered and you had nowhere to go. So all these exactly. people that are, like, acting like, oh, you know, the security guard is a wimp. You know what? It, oh, it reminds me of people that, like, watch – um, martial arts tournaments or watch uh, UFC on TV mm-hmm. and after the fact they say I would have done this, I would have done that. After the fact, third party. And mm. they're not in it. They're not experiencing it. They're not no, going through right. the stress. They're not worried about right. am I going to come home to my family. They exactly. don't understand any of this. And I'm this is why yeah, and and this is why I, I I wanted Andrew on our show. I wanted him to tell his story and to let all of the listeners out there know that, number one, when you hear stories about stuff similar to this, don't just jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, somebody else saved the police officer or somebody else saved the security guard or blah, 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 because you don't know the story. And unless you're in, yeah, and unless Roy or whatever his name was was walking in your shoes, hmm. you know, he's going to remain ignorant. And exactly. uh, But that's why we have you here, Andrew. We're, we have you here to make people aware that violent yeah, exactly. attacks can happen to anyone exactly. um, and that you're not immune nope. if you're a martial artist or not. So, exactly. you know, with that said, listeners, if you have questions for Mr. Osborne, uh, give us a call, 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine. This is a this is a important topic to discuss because it, uh, you know, violence happens and it can happen anywhere at any time. So you know, get give us a call um, or you know if you or if you also are in the process of recovering um, and struggling with uh, stress 
for um, a, a prior attack or something like that, do give us a call. Share with us and, you know, just know that we're we're there for you as well. All right, I'm going right. to turn the mic over to Bob. Bob, your turn, buddy. Well, now, Andrew, you've got a stranger that, that is stalking you, stalking yeah. your family, writing notes on you. That's uh, right. Obviously, this guy was nuts. Right. Mm. Did you have a lot to deal with with the public, uh, seeing your face in articles and then trying to walk the streets and, and basically calling you out like we just discussed? They weren't in your shoes. I don't know if I could do it. Rosie doesn't know if she could do what you did. Was there an aftermath of public uh, uh, conflict? Not really, no. But it's, the conflict started actually when I had the TV interview with Central TV News. Ah. And then the manager got wind of it. And then I heard he's gunning for me. Because, mm-hmm. check this out. The Bravery Award, right? I was sent a letter. I got paid money for the bravery. I got paid £250 also alongside with Rodney and the store manager. Right? And check this out. And we're waiting for the ceremony to arrive. 2011 goes. 2012 comes. Sep- towards the end of September, a friend of mine got in touch with me. They said they've had it already. They had it on the 12th of September, 2012. I says, right, who was there? The store manager on his own was there. So me and Rodney should have been there because we were invited to go to that ceremony. So with this information, this ammunition I've got, I rang up um, the acting high sheriff of the West Midlands. I spoke to him and he said to me that they've cancelled it. Oh, of the ceremony but they still had it so you see what I mean how much, how much deep water they even in further now they've gone even they've gone even further so I've got I've got ev- I've got supporting incriminating evidence here for that mm-hmm. so that's going to be dealt with as well they haven't wow got a, I haven't got a clue that I know all this basically the acting high sheriff tried to fob me off the cheek of him. He probably thought I didn't have no intelligence. But I spoke to him with courtesy and intelligence and that surprised him because he was not expecting my phone call. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's what to deal with that. Man. So what else I've got to deal with as well? A professional man like that lied to me over the phone. Because I even have Yeah. To, who gave the order to cancel the ceremony? He said to me, one of the chief the laws of the judges. I said, well, what's his name? He wouldn't give me his name because he knows I've got him. Mm-hmm. So you see, Rusty, wow. what's on my plate? People haven't got no idea. They now, why any- would they be, sw- like, the proverbial sweeping under the rug type thing? I mean, what's up That's with all this lying? Yeah, what's up with all that? I mean, it's like, I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. It's like... It, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, you were first contact for this criminal. You exactly. dealt with this guy, and you, you that's luckily that's you had that car. Luckily yeah. you had that car. Otherwise, Nobody you would be dead. Yeah, I would you be know? dead. You um, know? Exactly. And, yeah, and, you know, and, okay, folks that are listening, I want to let you know something here. Andrew was not fleeing. He was... Yeah, well, I mean, he was like trying to get out of the way of this guy with like a three foot hammer with a with a knife on the end. What would you do, listeners? Exactly. You know you would run. 
right? And trying and you know and try to find cover, right? That's all Andrew was trying to do, but this could have been avoided if the store manager would have let Andrew keep his radio so that way he could contact anyone else in the store. Um well, say, you, come you, on out, well, call the police well, now. Do, do do you know what always the first line of defense is in a situation like that? Never fails. Everybody does it. What's that? You wet yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wet yourself. I didn't, I didn't actually, to be honest. I, I was quite surprised at what I would have done. But no, um, I didn't. I didn't. I think my chi just kicked into overdrive. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think what the body does anyway is mm-hmm. it, uh, for for most people, I guess, you know, I don't know, this is just what I read, is that your whole body goes, like you said, into that fight-or-flight syndrome, and it, right. and it like, makes everything, it makes everything, like, kick into, like, overdrive, you know, so your muscles are ready, you know, your yeah. eyes dilate so you can see better, everything closes off. You know, yeah. all orifices close off, so that way, you know, you have that energy <laughs> to, to do what you, but you, yeah, I'll call it that you don't shit yourself, right? <laughs> but, you know, and because when it, you know, when I, when the guy came at me with the board with the nails in it, I didn't, like, pee myself either, but I, I was, like, stuck there for a second, and I thought, if I don't move, I will die, I will have nails stuck in my head, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you're like 18 years old and and that's the first time it happens to you, doesn't matter if you're a black belt or not, you will you will freeze for just a split second. Yeah, and, it's quick. Yeah, and it's it's pretty quick. And yeah, and I, you know, like you, I dealt with uh, some stress after that, but I've since oh, gotten good. over it. But the the you know the whole. The other thing that really uh, bothers me about the situation is the sweeping under the rug, you know, lying that's to you. That's what they wanted to do. You know, they oh. didn't think I was going to retaliate. I'm using my intelligence here. I'm not using no brawn. I'm using my intelligence, my brains. Mm-hmm. The best weapon mm-hmm. of defense dealing with situations like this. That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, and I don't – I guess what I don't understand is why um, – why the Daily Mail has the story written like this? Like, who did they interview? Yeah. They kind of, what they right. kind of, what they good? They got it off the the, the uh, Express and Star website, and they watered it down and changed it. That's why I never believed the press. Never, never it, believed the press. It's I'll, all I'll, about the hits that their that their uh, that their periodical can 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 get, and. Yeah, and if it, you know, I mean, let's, let, I mean, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's think about this, because, and, and it's sad, but it's like, if the manager of a store saves his store and saves everyone in it, that's gonna sell papers and that's gonna get hits on the internet. But yeah. if a security guard gets slashed and ends up in a hospital outside the store, that's mm. gonna be, that's not gonna be a, a you know, great bloody for the Daily Mail. And it's, you know, and it really sucks because, you know, listening to your story, you know, and listeners, you know, I spoke with with Andrew a few days ago before this interview, and I tell you what, I was shocked at these weapons that were coming Andrew. I was shocked at at just the unfolding of the events because, you know, I was trying to run it by 
I understand when you were telling me about it and mm-hmm. put myself in your shoes. And I know I would have, like, I would have gone through all those emotions like, oh, that would be fucking kidding. What if it started with that? And then, oh, my God, this guy's serious. Oh, my God, those are knives, and, and they're all aimed at me. Oh, my God. And that's when the panic set in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for a fact I would have pecked her for a bit and mm. probably flailed around, you know, because, I mean, that's scary. It is very you know? Scary. It's 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 almost you're almost helpless like you're having knives thrown at you and you can't move. It's that that kind of helpless feeling. And I went, oh my god! Until people are in your shoes or in anybody's shoes who've you don't ever judge, been, you don't um, judge. yeah. Oh my goodness! It's like listeners. You just you know, unless you're in Andrew's shoes or anyone that's been a victim of a violent attack, you just don't know. You just don't know. And and so. I'm curious, though, the manager, was he resting on his laurels a little bit, being the famous manager that yes. that saved the day? Yes. But he, you know what? I thought, I'll get him back. This is about me and my family. So this is why I got in touch yes, with him, Central ITV News, and he didn't lie that because his name was not mentioned. So this is why he said he's gunning for me. Boo-hoo. Out of his depth. He's way out of his mm-hmm. depth with this one. Because boy, he's going to get something coming his way, which was silent him through the legal system. Yeah, man, it's wow. it's, it's just a horrifying experience, Andrew, and I'm glad you, you got out of it. Um, but you know, there's still the aftermath. Yeah, um, that's, that's the hard, you know, that's So the you're still dealing with a lot of stress. I am. I have you know, a can lot. you can you? Yeah, can you tell our listeners a little bit of? You know, what's that like? What are some ways that you find really helps you with coping? Okay, my my, uh, my meditation and my Tai Chi, you know. I mean, today I spent about before, you know, obviously today when it came up, I was really excited. I spent about nearly three hours meditating in my bedroom. And I just hit the zone. Within half an hour into my meditation, that was boom. And I was playing my relaxation music in the background. I was gone. I was in the zone. And then, obviously... You know, nearly three hours out. I'll come out of it. And I felt empowered. Because mm-hmm. so when you do deep meditation, I mean, when you go into that deep part of meditation, mm-hmm. 10, minutes, 10 minutes of meditation is equivalent to one hour sleeping time. Yes, sir. I'm I'm a wholehearted believer in that. Yes, mm. sir. Oh, my you know, goodness. Is that what helps me? And when I obviously do my Tai Chi in my bedroom or I'm doing it in the lounge or if the weather's nice, I'm in the back garden. Mm-hmm. It's, you know... I just spent about 10, 15 minutes of time just doing this basic Zhang Shuan stance, the pillar, the, the pillar stance techniques mm-hmm. and things like that. And my Jing Yi Nei Gong stretching exercise for the body. I just do all that. Do my own mm-hmm. thing. And it helps. It just helps. But then obviously when I come out of it, it just hits me again. I, I feel it in my head. I feel like my head's going to explode. That's what it feels like on a regular basis when I'm out and about. Even when I go out, I'm constantly watching. And we've got a Labrador now, which you've seen when I'm in the sky. sky, sky yes. Take a What a pretty pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's, she's, she's eight years old now, bless her. Wow. Yeah. Good dog. She knows, she knows I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I take my, my, my steps on her to school, which is about a 10-minute walk from here. You know, mm-hmm. I'll walk, and then I'll come back with people who I know to come mm-hmm. back home. I don't venture too far out, to be honest, unless I'm going in a taxi with my wife. Mm-hmm. 
member who comes and picks me up when they can, you know. But other than that, the majority at home. Wow. Do do you find do you find Andrew that since the you know since the attack and and the stress do do you find it sort of difficult to relate to just the general public? Yeah, you know, at all. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I mm-hmm. feel the pressure. I really do. But in a way, I'm glad that the story's out now. You know, people will know how I'm feeling. And they got, you mean, when you've seen it yourself, you can mm-hmm. see the amount of it. And, you know, these guys haven't got a clue. I'm yeah. I'm going to put the story right for them. Put it right for mm-hmm. them. So they really, really know the extent of this. Because half of them still don't. Because they sided with the manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The You know, in, in the ITV um, interview... Near the bottom of the article, it it goes into the whole shebang about how the store manager was wounded after he, quote-unquote, bravely leapt on the attacker and wrestling him to the ground so he could be arrested by police. You know, there was, you know, I want to know why there was no mention about how you were dealing with this Millington guy outside of the store. Um, I want to know why there was no... um, mention about about your um, because yeah he could have the manager could have wrestled him to the ground but he couldn't do anything at that point you're the one that made made him go out so that way the police could apprehend him you're the one that elbowed him in the throat you know they didn't mention any of that I don't know why they did not so this is why I'm on a mission yeah it was down to my level. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting the pain. With the legal system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They will get it mm-hmm. the proper ammunition. So that they don't know. They haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue. Yeah, it's it's sad because, you know, <laughs> as, as you pointed out, the store manager wrestling uh, resting on his laurels, going, Oh hey, I'm the brave store manager. No mention of Andrew. Blah oh. blah blah. You know, and and you know, and the whole like, oh, the the ceremony's been canceled, but they still had it anyway. It's like, yeah. you know, I, you know, victims, you know, should all all victims, you know, every victim in that in that um, altercation, yeah. you know, your yeah. friend, uh, the manager, and you, you know, should have gotten equal mention in these articles, should have. You know, been touted as a team that brought these people together, that that, that brought right. this person together. That's yet right. they tout the store manager as you know the knight in shining armor that came in. Mm-hmm. You know, and it right. just it just boggles my mind. It just boggles mm-hmm. my mind what the press will do, uh, or what the press did. You know, I don't want to make this sound like all press are bullshit or whatever, but in this mm-hmm. case, the story was not reported accurately. No, it was it was inaccurately. Yeah, it was very inaccurate, and um, you know, it's uh, and and it it and what makes it what makes it um even more sad in in my eyes is that you know you still have time ahead of you to deal with this. You know, yeah. you still have to deal with the 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 stress, the yeah. you know that that feeling of what it's like to to go out in the open and god forbid if you you know walk near the stores and mm-hmm. the store anymore right cuz you know i felt I the same way driving by the same place that somebody swung at me 
mm-hmm. and I still get like the eh, heebie-jeebies about mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. you know, right. and you know, and 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 Bob, you've been you know in similar situations. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how did you feel, Bob? In those situations, oh, well, I, I I froze because it was a little different. I was I I was robbed at gunpoint with a gun oh at my hip. My gosh! Wow. You yeah. know because that's not a touching tool with a blade or a board. You have to be close enough, and you, get, you can always run away. A bullet yeah. will find you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't run yeah. that fast. Yeah, and exactly. That's what happened to me. Wow. Yeah. And and with you, Bob, how did you deal with it afterwards? Uh, you know, it was the strangest thing. I was at peace with it because nobody got hurt. I was a brand yeah. new father when it happened. I mean, Brandon was probably six, not even six months old. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Andrew. My life, because I was a new father, that's when my life flashed before my eyes. Mm-hmm. Nothing else mattered except going home. That's right. Yeah. And once I went home, I, I was fine. Mm. Man. Like one of my, uh, uh, one of my, uh, colleagues who, who is now a business partner at my martial arts school, we worked at the same, uh, pizza restaurant together. She was management, as was I. And, mm-hmm. uh, I sent her out on a pizza delivery because our driver was already gone on a delivery. So I sent her out. And she was gone for an hour. And I was wondering why she was gone for an hour. I was just down the road. Mm-hmm. And I only gave her a single a single delivery. And she came back, threw the money bag right at me and said, I'm going home. And she still had like maybe three more hours on her shift. And I, I chased her outside and I said, whoa, 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 what's, what's going on? And she goes, I just got robbed. I just floored four guys. So the story is is that she was coming out of the delivery, uh, mm-hmm. but she had to park on the street. There was no, it was like an apartment complex in a, uh area of town where this kind of stuff is noted for. So mm-hmm. she comes back out to her car on the street, and there's four guys sitting on her car, basically, just, you know, bullshitting and just kind of hanging out. And she goes, excuse me, you're on my car. And uh, one guy goes something like, so? And she goes, I need to get out of here. Can can you get off my car? And one of the guys grabbed her by her baseball cap because you know, she worked for Domino's and they had a baseball cap. Grabbed her by her baseball cap and pulled her head down as he unzipped his pants and said, not until you give me head, bitch. Oh, my gosh. And she just whoop it was like somebody like like spun the top, zing, pulled the string, and she raised up because she was already in a crouched position. She raised up and blasted mm-hmm. an elbow right in the in in the guy's jaw. She said she mm-hmm. heard like teeth shattering, just crash, turned around and kicked this one other guy in the knee and then elbowed him right in the nose, punched this guy this other guy another few times and then came back and finished off the first guy who was like on her hood. Pulled mm-hmm. him up and like smashed his face and just smashed everybody, Gosh. and they were like left in a heap on on the ground. And she just tore out of there. Didn't call the police or anything. She just tore out of there, and that's when she came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, she stopped. She stopped halfway 
back to the store and she was just shaking. She was dealing with the <laughs> adrenaline dump. And yeah. she said she was chain smoking and going, oh, my God, should I call the police? Should I go back there? What should I do? Should I go back to work? Should I go home? She sat there for a good half an hour mm-hmm. or so after all mm-hmm. this happened and then came back to the store and said, yeah. I'm going home. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, do you do you need someone to talk to you? You know, well, what do you need? And it took a couple weeks. Yeah. But, you know. With you know, I made the time for her and talked with her to let her work it out, let her know it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the police found them, and that mm-hmm. you know, and that defending yourself is a is a is your right. And mm-hmm. if they have broken legs and broken faces and need plastic surgery, then that's what they get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I don't want to sound like really uh, harsh hearted about it, but mm-hmm. you know. You know, do the crime, do the time. You know, that's, that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. Well, um, well, Rusty, I want to hear I want to hear their side of the story. How many yeah. guys when they told it? How many guys did they get jumped by? They're not going to say we were jumped by a five foot nine woman. Yeah, <laughs> we got our butts kicked. Yeah. We got our butts kicked by five guys. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. You know, yeah, there's, there's always. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Well, you know, I just looked at the clock, and time sure has flown, Andrew. It has. We, it has. We've only got about three minutes left to our left yeah. to our broadcast. So in closing, yeah. is there anything that you uh, – is there any type of message or parting words that you would have for for our listeners out there? All I, all I would just like to say, you know, just to – just to be aware of how mm-hmm. things are in life. Look mm-hmm. out for the abnormal abnormalities of life, you know, because mm-hmm. it's those things which are the unexpected things that come at you, the abnormalities right. of life. Just try and be switched on. Be receptive to them. Because if you're not mm-hmm. receptive, they'll come back on you. Wonderful and, advice. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wonderful advice, and listeners, take that to heart. Take that to heart. Be aware. It can happen anytime, anywhere. Doesn't matter how big and bad you are, how many belts you hold. The you know the guy on the other end that wants to take your head off. They don't give a crap how many black belts you hold. Just be ready. Just be ready. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for yes, joining us. It's such you, a Andrew. pleasure to Show have you on the show. Love such a know. pleasure. So God bless to you and to your family and to your pups. And uh, we will be seeing you on Facebook, and definitely, yeah, definitely, we'll be spreading about about your story and yeah. how to be aware and to always yeah. stay switched on. Yeah. Awesome. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. You too. All right, everybody. Tune in next week. Well. Go to the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page and find out who we're going to have in next week because we really well, I don't know, know who guess gonna we're going to have next week. Well, I do know one. Okay. Christina Bannon Rodriguez will be on our show Christine next week. Bannon, yes. She was a big okay, tournament uh, tournament name uh, back back in the day here in the United States. So we look forward to having her on. So get on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, folks, and find out who the rest of our guests are. Have a great day now. Hey. Good night. Good night.